Welcome to Book to Where Two Guys Tell You About the Books They're Reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Um, interlude tonight, but I want to start with a health check. As we get <laughs> up in age a little bit, it's important that we have friends that check on us periodically. So, um, Rob, how's your mouth? Mouth, mouth health. Mouth health. That's really hard to say. Um, mouth is okay. I have a... Uh... A little infection. This happened like a couple of years ago too. I got, I got every now and then I'm gonna get mouth infections now. Apparently, um, so like a watch, abscess. Watch where you put that thing. I know, right? Um, had like two, I don't know, two years ago it was an, an abscess, so there mm-hmm. was like an infection, and now I don't know another infection. But um, I am better. I was uh, at. We were supposed to record this last night, and we did not because. Um, I was like, it was like 6.30 or so, we were planning on talking around 8, and I was like, man, this is just uncomfortable enough where I'm going to be miserable, and I'll probably end up going to the hospital after we record, and so I was like, let's just uh, take care of this now so I'm not at the hospital till like, t- you know, 1 in the morning or whatever. Well, and you would have been a miserable fuck, too, I'm sure. Yeah. Mouth pain is terrible, man. Terrible. Yeah, and it's like, it's not that like, it's not that it was like super painful, but it was just that nagging constant mm-hmm. like pain so yeah so now i have antibiotics and i have norco which is nice um yeah norco is uh is norco is like one of those weird pain meds like it, it, like because i think it's like super addictive but you don't ever hear about it like you do like vicodin mm-hmm. and um what's the other one that's killing people now oh uh oxy no that's now, not a painkiller See, this is how dumb I am about drugs. Oh, yeah, the worst. No, so, so oxy, so oxy <laughs> cotton is a painkiller, but there's that new one that that. that oh yeah, like, it's a fentanyl. Should keep right? dying. Oh, fentanyl. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't hear a lot about Norco. Yeah. I, well, I from what I understand, and I don't, I'm I have, I'm no like chemist or anything. Um, they're making a lot of these modern like opioid based drugs, like difficult to like speed up the the high or whatever like you can't like crush it up and snort it or whatever oh, so i wonder i wonder if this is one of those like uh specifically designed to to not you know be taken advantage of or whatever interesting so well i'm glad you're feeling better how was your how was your trip to the hospital so i get in there and i check in and the guy <laughs> the guy at the counter's like all right so it's going to be a little while but he said it in a way that was like kind of apologetic and and uh so i said so what does a, wh- a little while mean he's like oh yeah like two hours <laughs> jesus so i was like well what am i gonna do not get help yeah so uh i sit in i settle into we're gonna I'm, 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 we're gonna talk about this but like i was watching this video about twins twin peaks and that'll be a topic later and you know half hour goes by or something and i, I don't go to the hospital very, especially not like the er they call me, they take my blood pressure, and they ask me what's wrong. And they're like, all right, we'll get someone soon, like that kind of thing. And then I just settle they're in. Like, they're, they're like, there's a pussy with a toothache sitting out here. Oh, my God, just it's like, so go, funny. Go take, your, go take your break. <laughs> when you come back from lunch, maybe see what he's... <laughs> it's it's so funny that you said that, because she's like, the nurse is talking to me. And by the way, she kind of flirted with me, um, but... Uh, She's talking to me, and based on on my problem, she's like, "Well, you know, we could probably get someone you know, pretty soon." Um, 
well, you're kind of more in the bumps and bruises category, <laughs> which basically yeah. is like, you fucking wimp. Why'd you come to the yeah. ER? Uh, but like all the urgent care, it was like old, late enough in the day that like the urgent care places were closing and stuff. So, mm. but uh, I was wearing my, I was wearing a gray hat and I have this like sweater I bought recently. And it was so like, I wasn't dressed up or anything, but she kept talking about how nice the hat looked with like, the combination of the hat I was wearing with like my beard and my glasses. Oh. And I was like, Oh, well, thank you. And then like, when she like dismissed me, she's like, yeah, you know, just go be fashionable out there or whatever. And I was like, what's going on with this nurse? This is going to be like one of those pornos. Like I was waiting for like, Dude. the music to kick in or something. You know, I-, I wish that I had like an elder in my family that always gave me like really good advice. So I could say <laughs> things like, you know, my uncle always used to say, never trust a woman that flirts with you when she knows your mouth's infected. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's good advice. But that's, yeah, that's, and I, and I wish I had a nephew to impart this wisdom to, like, you know, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, it's a little sketchy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, oh, but here's the weird part. That's not the weird part. So I go back and I sit down and I'm waiting to get called and I'm watching this video about Twin Peaks. And I look up at one point, and there is my aunt and my cousin, like um, one, like in the ER, in okay, All right. having having just like it's they're walking away from the counter that you check into. Oh, and, and at first I was like, "Am I? Is this some sort of weird like pain hallucination thing? Like, am I that much of a baby that like now I'm imagining my family has arrived for this special occasion?" But no, my, my cousin was having some sort of gastrointestinal problem or something, so my aunt took him to the hospital. Aunt and uncle. That's a, that's a, it's a weird place to run in the family. Yeah, it's a weird family reunion in the ER. Yeah, and then you were like, listen, I'd love to chat, but I'm trying to watch this fucking YouTube video. So, <laughs> Well, they called me as like no, as they were God. checking yeah. in. They called my name, and so they're like, what are you doing here? And I was trying to walk away to get help, and I was like, I'll catch up with you guys. And then I talked after I was done. I sat and I talked to them for about 20 minutes before I went and filled my prescriptions. There you go. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. But, you know, it's a thing, man. It's like reading a book. You know, people come up and they're like, oh, what are you doing? You, like, hold up the book. Like, that's a new <laughs> thing, right? If I'm watching a YouTube video, that means I want to watch this YouTube video yeah. and not talk to somebody. Yeah, get out of my face trying to watch this super interesting Twin Peaks shit. Yeah. Speaking of which, I guess we could go go into that a little bit. <laughs> So, um, I don't know. I use the Google news feed and I know Apple has something similar and I don't know how, how Apple like aggregates information for you, but apparently if you search for something enough times, like they just start showing you like news clips about it. And the more you click on related stuff, you know, the more they show you of that. So not a lot of news on twin peaks, um, after the return, which is what a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah. Um, you get the occasional like will the return return kind of thing but this thing popped up which really is just a YouTube video like put into a news thing and it says Twin Peaks actually explained parentheses no comma really <laughs> and uh, it posted on October 20th I feel like I only saw it like two weeks ago um, is when I, I got wind of it so I, I let Rob know and not because there are lots of Twin Peaks um, explained videos there were podcasts like The View 
where you know Sounds people talked familiar. about it every week right there were <laughs> youtube breakdown videos and, and there's a whole culture around trying to figure out what the fuck david lynch was uh was thinking or, or doing with twin peaks or even that the, mark frost book yeah exactly reviewed. the mark frost book yep but the thing that caught my eye was that this video explanation is four hours and 35 minutes long so this isn't a 20 minute uh you know like there's the like everything wrong with videos they're usually like 10 minutes you know where they kind of break down a movie or a tv show or whatever no this is four and a half hours explaining three seasons and one movie um three three seasons of a tv show and one movie that's a tie-in to the tv show and i thought well this is fascinating so i was like i'm probably never going to watch this but i sent it to rob um in a link and then it you know kind of kept popping up on my recommended on youtube because i'd clicked on it at some point so i finally decided to start watching it and god damn it this is fucking fascinating (laughs) yeah um you sent me the link and then I, I kind of forgot about it. Um, and I think because you started watching it, I, I decided, you know, I was going to check it out as well. And like, first of all, I can't, I got, I wonder how many videos there are on YouTube that are like four and a half hours long. And, and I know there's the ones like that, like there's like infinitely looping videos for, you know, whatever yeah. reason, stuff like that. But like, this is, you know what what, like a scripted kind of like um i guess scripted or not but like a thought out plan commentary yeah Yeah. it's it's not yeah it's i mean i'll put on the you know 10 hours of gothic classical music like when i'm reading or something you know what i mean where it's just pre-recorded this is this is actual four and a half hours of content it's created content yeah so um but it's well the first thing so like obviously we're not gonna we're not gonna spoil this video or whatever but um my first observation is like you're 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 nervous about committing yourself to four and a half hours of youtube viewing and um the production value and the way the dude talks and the way that it's edited um i think takes away a lot of the nervousness because it's it it's obviously a professionally produced and planned out video. It's not just some guy rambling in his, you know, bedroom with like poor lighting and, you know, crappy cuts and stuff like that. And then like, it's the next day and he's wearing a different shirt. Like this is, it was actually well produced. Yeah. So, um, let's give credit where credit's due. Twin perfect is the, uh, YouTube, um, user account name. And uh, you would think that maybe that's, you know, has ties to Twin Peaks or, or whatever. It, it really doesn't because I look through some of their other stuff and um, they do uh, Prometheus. The movie Prometheus actually explained um, Alien Covenant, um, a bunch of stuff on like the, yeah. the Man of Steel and the Batman versus Superman movie. So they do a, a variety of stuff. It's not um, they're not a Twin Peaks channel. Um, there's a, a lot of stuff on the Silent Hill video game, so kind of random, weird things. But this, um, as Rob said, is a you know, professionally produced video with tons and tons of outtakes um, as examples from the TV show and the movie with um, tons of um, interview footage supporting you know, some of the theories that they have. 
it's it's really something special and i will say so i don't want to spoil it so i'm not going (laughs) to say what the gist of because there is a pretty simple way to explain what the gist is of twin peaks based on this video here's where i want to start on a scale of one complete disbeliever to 10 this guy fucking absolutely nailed it and there's no way for us to know, right? We're just based on the the evidence produced. Where where do you fall on the on the scale of of how how seriously do you take the four and a half hours that you watched? I mean, it's eight, probably like an eight. Yeah, I'm there with you. I was thinking eight or nine. There are a couple times where I kind of cringed a little bit and said, "All right, that feels like a little bit of a stretch," but I definitely I'm 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 a ten on the overall you know what i mean like like yeah. what he's saying twin peaks the explanation for twin peaks i'm on a 10 there are parts where i kind of veer off a little bit from what he thinks right um and i'll tell you i so we we reviewed all of twin peaks um on a podcast called the view which i name dropped a, a few minutes ago there are about 12 people that tuned into those episodes so if you're listeners here um here's what i'll say i had no fucking idea Rob, I'm just going to assume, had no idea because he was on every episode of that with me. <laughs> um, we were treating this as, uh, as you know, viewers that, that were trying to get a grasp of what was going on and failing to do so really at every turn. I, I think that we were as mystified at the end as we were at the beginning. But there is apparently a way to watch this. Now, I'm not going to do it because it's, it's, I don't know, it's countless hours, right? <laughs> So yeah. like 38, like 50 TV episodes and, and two hours. But it would be interesting to take the information that we got and, and go back and try to watch it um, with the with Twin Perfect's explanation yeah. Of, of the, yeah. Yeah, a couple thoughts. So I, I messaged Livius at one point, and I, I wasn't even all the way done watching the video. I think I still had a good hour and a half to, to watch, but that means I was a good three hours in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I said, like, I can't find anything yet that doesn't fit. Like, everything he's saying fits with, like, his everything matches up to his theory of what's going on. Um, to our credit, uh, I think we did a pretty good job when we were talking about the show of... Um, under trying to figure out what was happening but i think where we completely missed was the why things were happening um and that's like so there's a lot of symbolism i mean it's obvious that there was lots of symbolism and there was some sort of greater meaning that we never really scratched the surface of i don't believe but um uh, from episode to episode i think we did a decent job of like figuring out what was going on like we saw what was <laughs> happening on the screen yeah. and we're able to interpret that as what it was. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, there's a couple things I want to say, and this will be um, light spoiler. So a little bit just for conversation. You obviously, anybody who doesn't see this video isn't going to understand this. Maybe the two things that I was most impressed with um, were the white horse. Yeah. And Nadine and the eye patch were probably two of the things that I was most impressed with. From uh, and I'm gonna say from David Lynch's standpoint, because I completely bought both of those, you know those those explanations for those two things, yeah. like hook, line, and sinker. Uh, uh, for me, I think the thing, the most revelatory thing about this guy's breakdown and explanation of everything, was how much 
it made sense of the return. Yeah, I, I want to talk, talk off air a little bit about yeah. that <laughs> because I feel like at that point I am spoiling something. I will say this. Um, I have not been sold uh, on the fact that David Lynch is some kind of fucking genius. Okay. <laughs> I watched Twin Peaks. It was fun in parts. Y- you know, I, I know that he has a, a, a very devout following. And, you know, I, I didn't think he was bad at his job. This made me look at it very differently and say that the guy is probably a motherfucking genius. Yeah. Definitely. But there's a butt coming. You and your butts. I think I like Twin Peaks less. Even though I have a much stronger respect for David Lynch, I think that watching that, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I was into it because I was like, oh, oh, okay, all right, you know, but I think looking back at Twin Peaks now with the information that I have, I actually like it less than I did. Yeah, well, I have two thoughts about that. Um, firstly, I think that having watched this, if I were to rewatch the series, I would be much more relaxed about trying to figure shit out mm-hmm. because I feel like someone did that heavy lifting for me. So I'd just for be sure. more in the moment of, of watching it. Um, so that's nice. But um, the thing that was, I think that it scratched away some of the allure of, you know, maybe things that, because like before watching this video, you know, everything could have been intentional and like, maybe I just didn't understand it, but now there are things that I'm like, Oh, this was crappy just cause it was crappy. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it I could have, I could have like explained it away before watching this video where now it's like, uh, yeah, there's so many things I want to talk about, about that video and we'll do it off air. But, uh, yeah, I, it's just I, I'm having really weird feelings about the whole thing. And not that it's, like, affecting my life. You know what I mean? Right. Like Tossing I, and turning. And you're yeah, no, I, like I said, it's weird. I have a lot more respect for his brilliance. Yeah. But I actually like the product less now. I don't know. Anyway, if you watch Twin Peaks um, and you, you're, you're, you're fine with, with having the answers revealed for you, um. I definitely think that, and it's hard for me to recommend anything. It's four and a half hours, man. But this is this is four and a half hours, very very well spent, um, and not just from the Twin Peaks explanation stuff. There there's some stuff about what some of the things that happen behind the scenes, you know, in the production and stuff too, with Frost and Lynch, and the studio, and you know, so so there's other stuff there too that's good. Um, but man, I, I've really got to hand it to to Twin Perfect for doing a, a, just a tremendous job with uh, with figuring all that out for us. Yeah, it's just total insanity, uh, complete total insanity. Um, the thing that I know, like, I, I scrolled through some of the comments on YouTube, and um, someone at some point in one of the it's comments, where all good sense goes to die. YouTube comments. <laughs> Right, exactly. Well, except for this one comment where um, someone had decided to uh, do timestamps based on topics. Um, Mm -hmm. So they hyperlinked basically like a timestamp to the beginning of a topic. So you could, let's say you're talking about it later with people or you want them to like remember a specific part of the video. You could click on the link and go right to that spot in the video. So I thought that was nice. 
it's very uh very nice yeah kind of like <laughs> considering that like you were saying before we did a whole podcast where we talked about every episode this really kind of shits on all that though <laughs> like our discussion we, yeah seems yeah, so this like is, lame this, this is where the um this this is the the closest we got the one thing they talk about in this video was david lynch's um disdain for um episodic murder mysteries yeah um and and i remember vividly as saying that twin peaks was likely one of the first like ongoing nighttime serials yeah like that it really kind of changed the the scope and i guess i didn't know at the time that that he um had that disdain for it but i mean twin peaks is what opened the door for for most of the tv shows that now you talk about you know with your coworkers or your friends the next day yeah I did send Livia a message earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> having watched, having watched that video, brought back memories of how like Livius is completely incapable of recognizing when someone on screen is actually Wyndham Earl in disguise. <laughs> I know, I you know, and it's funny because I, I I got to a point where they mentioned Wyndham Earl. <laughs> And I was like, uh, I did. I looked at the screen and I was like, all right, if they're gonna show him. I'm gonna know who he is when I see him. That's <laughs> oh, so yeah. good. So, um, go give Twin Peaks. Actually, explained if you want to Google it, uh, is the 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 title Twin Perfect is the uh, account that posted it. And uh, go enjoy yourself for four hours and thirty five fucking minutes. Jesus, good Lord. Yeah. How many yeah. How many different sittings did it take for you to get through that? Um, uh, three. Yeah, I think three? that's about the same for me. Yeah, I, one I hospital four, visit. At, at one point, I, I put it on. I had like a fifteen-minute drive, so I just started playing it in the car. So I wouldn't count that as an actual. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was out of podcasts to listen to. So, uh, it's got seventy. He's got eighty thousand subscribers. It has four hundred sixty-four thousand views. Which, um, I mean, YouTube terms nowadays really not that big. His Prometheus video has like five million. Wow. So yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah. That's all I got. Actually, um, something weird came up, and and I'm not gonna do the thing where we pretend Livius doesn't know what I'm talking about, um, because I sent him an image before we started recording. But um, I, so I've been on the quest recently, like we've talked about in previous episodes, to try and find physical copies of every book that we've reviewed, and obviously, really that is every book that has a physical, uh, physical copy available. And I was on um, Abe Books, um, just searching different authors to see like what pops up, and I searched for Axel Tyree, longtime friend of the podcast. And I wasn't expecting really anything because, um, for the most part, he's been published in anthologies. Um, I don't think he has standalone stuff published really at all. But he had um, a novella that we talked about real early on called A Light to Starve By. Mm -hmm. And um, I couldn't remember in what form that was released, so I wanted to see if anything popped up on Abe books because that's kind of if it's not on Amazon Abe is like my, my next uh, resource so I searched for him and something popped up so he was one of the four authors of a book we reviewed called The Soul Standard he co-authored it with Richard Thomas Nick Corpon 
and Caleb Ross. And this came out what 2016, maybe. Uh, I believe that's uh, I believe that's correct. Uh, yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I'm scrolling through after you know the search results, and I see that, and I'm like, oh yeah, um, uh, Soul Standard, but the title was listed as Four Corners, a novel. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And why, why Livius, would that be interesting? So Four Corners um, was something that, that I believe was, was being worked on. It may have even been the working title of Soul Standard at one point. Yep. Um, for right. us a little more closely, do, do I want to go a little more in depth into this? or? Well, before you go on, the video was called Four Dogs. Oh, yeah, that's right. You are but, correct. Yeah. So, yeah, the... The working title was Four Corners for the book. Mm -hmm. Four Dogs was the video that we were making in kind of celebration or whatever, in tandem with or whatever. So, yeah, that is a, it's kind of, kind of interesting. So I know you did some research. I want to see where you went with this, (laughs) because while you were explaining that, I also did some research of my own. So I want to see if I got any farther than you did. Um, So the, so the thing about the image, which I didn't mention yet. So it's called Four Corners is what the, uh, the title is instead of Soul Standard, and then it lists five authors instead of four. The additional author being Wally Rudolph. Um, and then, if you look at the synopsis, the synopsis is for a book called Four Corners, and it is absolutely nothing like the plot of Soul Standard. So I was like, "All right, something is really weird here." So I I searched for Wally Rudolph, and I found. Uh, it was still in eight books, and I found a listing for a book by Wally Rudolph called Four Corners with the same synopsis. So um, basically, this dude wrote a book called Four Corners, and um, somehow it got mixed up in this listing with the Soul Standard. And the reason that's interesting is because the fucking book was originally going to be called Four Corners. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that's really strange. Do you know how it got mixed up? No idea. Um, the It's the ISBN number. Oh. So I googled the ISBN number, and the only thing that comes up anywhere after the ISBN number that's not a books is the, the, the Four Corners by Wally Rudolph. Huh. Yeah. So I'm thinking that was just one of those just chance things that, uh, you know, someone mistyped a number. Yeah. And it just happened to be the working title of a book. That's but yeah. Then, but then use the picture, and then I, I don't know how you upload something to thri- to to um, a books. But someone at Thrift Books, I think, did uh, did a little bit of number switching. Yeah, um, it's just, inadvertently. It, it felt like I was almost like it was teetering on a Mandela effect. Like this was going to be the moment where that book all along was called four corners and I remember it as soul standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just it's the weirdest because we spent years knowing about this book's existence before it came out and always referring to it as four corners until when it got picked up by design. I think that's when it changed to being called the soul standard. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it just freaked me out. It was just like a weird thing. Like, you know, it didn't happen very often where like something, those things just kind of fall in the place the way they did. Um, yeah. So I did buy the book, and I'm waiting to see what shows <laughs> up. If I get another copy of Soul Standard, or if I get some Wally, what whatever his name is, 
Wally Rudolph. Yep. Wally Rudolph. Um, so I just looked up the sole standard ISBN number, and they're not close. Like the like the first yeah. like four digits are, but other than that, so I'm, I'm not sure what what happened there. That is so strange. Yeah, that is a, that is a little weird. I'm fingers crossed. I get a book that is the sole standard, but like an earlier, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. pre-production copy or something. That's not going to be the case, but we'll tell you another, um, you know, I don't want to say friend of the podcast, but Scott Phillips actually blurbed that four corners book. The Wally Rudolph one. Yeah. Wild. Four corners is a book that will stay with me for a long time. An outstanding first novel by a writer unafraid to scrape the crud off the floor of the human psyche. The best kind of crime fiction. When I Googled the ISBN, I found the press, you know, that, that I went to their page to see what came up. Yeah. And that was, that's just at the bottom. They have that kind of scrolling, you know, where it just, um, shows you a blurb, then it moves on to the next blurb. And I was like, Oh, Scott Phillips. Hmm. Well, I did message the four authors of the soul standard and the, um, the consensus is that that's weird. Okay. Well, there you go. My first, my first comment to Rob was like, well, we didn't interview that guy because we, we interviewed the other four characters in that book. So, so. There's, there's, there's another weird Rob thing. There's another weird Rob thing. Well, you, here's the, you put yourself in weird positions. You're like, I mean, look, I love Axel, but you're like looking for Axel Tayari books. on like eight books at like one in the morning. Like this is the kind of thing that's bound to happen. That's yeah. You can't get around that. Yeah. yeah it's probably, so. it probably was one in the morning. I was. I was all doped up on Norco from uh, <laughs> from my hospital visit. I will say, if you don't uh, if you don't follow us on social media, you did miss. Rob posted a picture um, of the collection that he has amassed of books that we've reviewed, and he is sixty percent of the way there. And it's a really impressive um, photo to see just sixty percent of the books that we've read in one place over eight and a half years. I've been showing it to people. They're like, you read a lot. And I was like, you want to see how much I read? This is like less than 60% of what I read <laughs> in the last eight years. Yeah. I hit him with some math. That's, uh, so I did, I will say, um, I did, the A books thing is a new thing for me where if I'm fairly certain that there's not a high chance of me finding a book in like a used bookstore somewhere, I, um, I've been looking for the absolute cheapest, um, way to get it on, on, uh, online and, and order it and ship it to myself and so um some of our earlier books like uh chris deals cien fuegos mm-hmm. and craig Wallworks contestant of dust mm-hmm. like those types of books i found for like three dollars online and like building up enough of them together i didn't even pay for shipping so like 15 bucks would net me like four or five books that's awesome uh here's what i will say if you're a listener of this podcast and you think that you know we reviewed a book that you wrote or you know someone and and you think rob might not have a copy like send us a message because rob will accept a gift from the author oh my god that's such a great idea and you know what i was just thinking um so i have a um a spreadsheet we could actually make that available like link it in our twitter or Mm -hmm. something like a wish list kind of yeah or just like a record of of um what we've what what we've looked what we've read yeah yeah I know it makes me sound heartless, but I'm so in love with this idea of what Rob's doing that I even went through and gave him some books that I have that aren't like personally signed to me that he didn't have copies <laughs> of. Like I have a copy of that here. I put it on your shelf. So, um, yeah, yeah. We'll, we will accept. Rob will accept charity um, books for sure. Charity, any all day, 
all day, every day. So, <laughs> all right. Now, Livius, I know that even though we didn't read a book for this week, you uh, did some different kind of reading. So did you, I think, right? Yeah, I dipped, I I I dipped so. a toe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mark Z. <laughs> Danieluski, very quietly. By quietly, I mean he was on our podcast like a month ago and didn't mention that this was coming up, even though we talked about um, the potential House of Leaves TV show and stuff. Launched a Patreon uh, account, page, whatever, patronage. Um, and the the reward is that you get to read um, screenplays that he's been working on for, you know, they would like to sell uh, for a House of Leaves TV show. And I will tell you that it's kind of fucking fascinating. Yeah, so first of all, we are patrons now yes. of Mark Danielewski. So that's, uh, um, we'll make sure we point that out. Uh, and we've been pushing people or like, you know, um, sharing the link around because it's uh, it's definitely worth it. And um, so, yeah, his initial drop when it first launched was three, the first three episodes, the scripts of the first three episodes. And um, Livius, you, you, you'll probably talk a little bit more about story, but um, for anybody who isn't aware of this, um, so far... I think I only opened the first episode that was 60 pages. And, um, I think, uh, in conversation about doing a television series, I think he said that he would do our episodes, but maybe like an eight episode season or something like that. So my impression mm-hmm. is all of the episodes are probably going to be around that 60 page mark. Um, the second one is exactly 60 pages. Yeah. So I made it, Partway into the second one today, I, I honestly thought people who work with screenplays are going to think I'm an idiot. I was like, screenplay for like a fucking like hour TV show. What's going to take me to read like 15 minutes? <laughs> no, no, it doesn't take 15 minutes to read uh, a 60 minute screenplay, at least not if uh, Mark. Dan- and thank you for pointing out, not pointing out that I said his name wrong. It's going to be hard after saying it for years and years. Mark Z. Danielewski, um screenplays. Oh, you know, they're just like reading a regular book. <laughs> like, I yeah. mean, I didn't feel like I was getting any less um, page time um, or, or faster page time in reading uh, that versus, um, you know, the the reading a story. And I have some 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 thoughts. First of all, I don't. Danielewski can be hard to read sometimes, and I say hard to read because he's a very intricate writer. And I felt that a little bit in the screenplay, some of that was shining through, only that it was harder to read because it was him writing and him writing in these little small snippets because there's pretty consistent scene changes, you know, like you have in a TV show. Um, So I I don't know. I mean, I've only ever read one other screenplay and it was um, (laughs) you'll get a kick out of this. It's the first episode of Hannibal. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the only other screenplay I've ever I've ever read. They're called screenplays, right? Even if they're for television, or they tell plays, scripts, scripts, scripts. I guess. What's a screenplay? We should know what we're talking about. Let's Google what a screenplay is. Well, I'm going to challenge your your assertion that you haven't read anything like that otherwise, because if memory serves, that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child book. Yeah, that was a stage play, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's the same kind mm-hmm. of like. Yeah, that's action true. and dialogue. Yep, yep. And, and now that you say that, Clyde Barker had something like that probably twenty years ago that I read too as another um, stage <laughs> stage play. You want to go deep like, cuts yeah. on in yeah, Warmed and Bound? 
the the story written by Gordon Highland actually yep. at least had some of that, if not like the entire thing being that way. That's true. All right, so you're like that's all I correct myself. <laughs> Rob hit me with an actually. You've read, um, any rate. Uh, so yeah, it was a little more complicated than than I expected it to be. Um, that being said, you may be thinking that what I opened was a, a, a script or screenplay or whatever we're calling it that started out with Johnny Truant moving into an apartment. Oh no, no! This House of Leaves teleplay takes place after the book. Yeah, that that um, I think I read the first fifteen ish pages of the first episode which comprises basically the pre-credits like first introductory you know the first like pilot episode you know first introductory part um and yeah like when i when it kind of dawned on me what we were in for i was thinking holy this is like it's kind of exciting that uh it's it's basically i mean apparently new all new content Yes. Um, as you get a little further in, I don't want to say too much because it's his stuff. You should get Patreon. All I can say is that um, appreciating this, I believe, um, is uh, I don't want to say required. It helps if you've read the book. Because yeah, all of this sense. takes place after the book. I do believe that there will be enough explanation and like flashbacks to the content of the book because, you know, you don't want to pigeonhole your your audience to only people who've read the book but i I will say that uh, having read the book and having the the backstory in your head i I believe is super helpful so i think he's changed the way this works um there now appears to be a um like a tier level Mm. so um if you want just the first episode it's three bucks if you want so it's three dollars per per uh episode slash teleplay um, so if you want to get all caught up, nine bucks, um, it's a it's a worthy place to spend your money. He launched this on Friday, so we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, so six days ago. Uh, he's got eight hundred and twenty one pa- patrons. Not bad. That's a minimum minimum twenty four hundred bucks a month that he's pulling in on this. So good for you, Mark. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. It was it's nice that. Well, here's what I'll say. Um, even though over the years that we've been aware of him. And I, and I think much like all of like the main tentpole books of, of the last decade, I was introduced to it by Livius. Um, even though I think between publications, there's sometimes gaps in, in his activity. He's always running book clubs and stuff um, mm-hmm. about the earlier books. So uh, I, I think he even said something in, in our interview, but like, man, once that guy, makes a book like it's his book for life he doesn't like just put it on a shelf and forget about it so um it's nice that he's um taking he's he's taking that book that really kind of started a bunch of stuff for him and and growing the experience of it and giving giving his fans an opportunity to experience something new too all i want to say is in the event that that mark's listening Mark, for your patrons, make that art that you've been putting on Instagram available without the the link to your Patreon. Wait, what? 
he's been putting up some some cool art it's like the header oh. for his patreon page but it always has and it'll have like um some you know some it's got text just, on it yes but the text is fine but then after it says patreon.com slash mark c danielewski so because <laughs> i'm telling you that would make a, some cool like three-piece wall art or whatever yeah there you go yeah so uh check that out man it's uh it's interesting if you're a fan of the book here's all i can say is that you know we've seen a lot of tv shows based on books and movies based on books and sometimes the author's involved sometimes they're not um sometimes they love your baby and sometimes they fuck it all up um this is this is i'm this is canon right if mark yeah. danielewski is writing a story that takes place after house of leaves then it is it is a sequel to house of leaves so that's how i'm treating it and i'm very excited to get through uh through the rest of it it's nice too because like um I'm trying to think of the best way to say this we we obviously asked him about this when we were interviewing him and he has at least part of the experience that we've that we've talked to many authors about over the years which is um uh <sighs> having an idea for a project or, you know, moving your story into a new medium. Um, and it's just not picking up traction the way that you want it to. And like, you could shelve it and forget about it or say, screw it. It's not happening. Um, or, or in the case of this, he's kind of taking it into his own hands and building. If this is a successful Patreon thing, he's basically proving that he's got the ability to make something that people want. So he's building his audience. He's pre-building an audience for something, um, which hopefully means if it's like super successful, it would be more likely to be made, like picked up and made. Yeah, and that's that's what I was thinking too. I don't think 800 patrons is the magic number that gets you a Netflix deal. Right. Um, but, you know, this has been out for less than a week. So six months from now, if there are 40,000 paying uh, patrons, <laughs> you know, I think that's something you could take and say, this is the level of interest in, in my, in my work. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And since we're not reading a book for next week, spoiler alert, um, yeah, definitely. This is, this is going to be some of my reading over, over the next week. I just really thought I was like, ah, I've got an hour I can, you know, knock, knock through, <laughs> through these. That's not how it went at all. You, yeah. You sent me that <laughs> message and I was like, I don't know if he knows. Nope. Nope, I didn't. I yeah, I didn't know. So uh, I will tell you. Still, reading scripts is not my preferred form of reading. Uh, it, it's it's a different um, it's a different dynamic because, like, pace wise, it feels to me it feels a little bit more um, stark. Like you're just getting like beats of action and beats of dialogue without like getting the room to breathe and like learn more about the scene and stuff like that. It also seems to me like, so th this is what ideally would happen, right? Daniel Lusky submits, uh, you know, these three episodes to someone and they're like, we love it. We want to talk to you about signing you for like, <sighs> I like this because it's house of leaves and I know the backstory and you know what I mean? And I'm interested to see where it goes. If I pick this up cold, I can't see how, based on the material that I'm given, and now I'm not saying this particular, but this format, how I could get excited about wanting to to make a movie or a TV show about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I see what you're saying. 
I, I'd much rather have someone hand me the book and say, hey, hey listen, the, we're going to base the script on this. This is yeah. the book, <laughs> you know? So it just seems like such a skeletal way to make a decision that, you know, you're going to spend millions of dollars to, to produce content. Just got to find a buddy in Hollywood that believes in it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah. At any rate, I believe in it. I'm digging it so far. Be honest. It's 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 interesting and, and in a in a direction that I I'm not sure what the direction is yet. All I can tell you is this isn't the direction I saw it going in. Um I, I I'm gonna starkly change the topic if that's okay. Yeah, for sure. Because I want to talk a little bit about um this came up just recently. Uh we have uh, in the last year or so taken a turn to the point where we plan far ahead for books that we're gonna review um and and that manifests in the fact that there are 10 books already in 2020 that we plan on reading at least uh that are on my list and i'm sure that there's a couple that i haven't put on there yet uh but we recently got a release date and uh cover reveal for the next paul tremblay uh book that's coming out yeah you sent me that message and um I was like, cool, and I realized like I had not seen anything about this. So while you're talking, I'm uh, I'm looking. Yeah. So Paul on his at least on his Facebook, I don't know, I didn't look around to all the social medias, um, posted. I think it was today or last night um, a cover reveal for Survivor Song, which is the next book that he's got coming out uh, July seventh of 2020. Um, so we talked to him around the time that growing things came out and i think he mentioned the name uh and I, he might have teased us a little plot but like uh there's there wasn't much information but now he's got definitely a july 7th release date which is awesome and there was a cover reveal which i don't remember much of but there's definitely a wolf i think by a road or something like that it looked pretty cool yes yes it does i believe that maybe even a fox not a wolf but um... maybe a coyote yeah, it's uh, it's weird because I can't. I guess I could hit pause. Um, it's just like a little video trailer. Yeah, that plays. So it's and then it just like keeps looping. So, um, yeah, there's a road and a coyote fox wolf. One of those coyote fox wolves. Yeah. Us, us city boys don't know. Uh, don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like a, that's there's a, a rabbit. There's a really <laughs> slick looking dog on the cover of this book. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, Paul's stuff is always um, great and, uh, you know, and more importantly, like discussion worthy. Yeah. It's the thing for a podcast. There are books that are great and then there are books that you could talk about. And Paul always delivers something that has some very worthwhile discussion on top of being great. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll take it. And I'm glad that our 2020 um, dance uh, dance card is filling up yeah. um, quickly. Yeah. One of the most stressful parts of this podcast is what the fuck are we going to do next week? Right. Yeah. I heard. All right. So I was aware. I have on my radar one Joe Lansdale book called More Better Deals, but apparently there's another one. So I think he's got Lansdale's got two books coming out next year. Stephen Graham Jones has two. He's got The Only Good Indians and Night of the Mannequins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we're getting. Oh, and then there was that whole thing where like four different things from Mallerman. Did we talk about this on an earlier episode? I don't think we did. So he finally got the um, wide publishing rights to 
to a few things that were exclusive. Um, one of them was Cemetery Dance. Yeah, on this, the day of the pig. Yep. Uh, house at the bottom of the lake. Which was a, this is horror. Yep. Um, There's another one. Did, is Goblin one of them? Yes, that's the one. Goblin was a special release on Earthling. Huh. I have a I have a copy of it, so I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Uh, and there was one other. I think that might be a new one. Um, I think Del Rey picked up all that stuff, and it's all coming out sometime next year. So like. We we have an opportunity to talk about Goblin and or on this the day of the pig, which would be cool. Goblin is I think a collection of novellas. Um, and yeah. Mallory, and yeah, yeah, good lord. So we might not be able, we might not have a choice. We're just gonna just do all the stuff that's getting thrown at us. Yeah, well, I mean, I know they're not gonna put them all out at once. At least I don't think so because we could just have Josh Mallerman month. And at least just strike off like August off the calendar or whatever month it is and Ma- say, you Maller know, month, Maller month. I like that. <laughs> I think Josh would like that too, but uh, we're definitely going to look to have him on um, again um, yeah. when one or more of those books drops. But uh, before we get to that, um, we are going to have an interview next week. Our last interview of the year, I think, I mean, who knows, right? <laughs> like it's always possible, but uh guess we didn't talk about it at all last week. Um, Richard Chismar will be joining us. He is the author of uh, Gwendy's Button Box and Gwendy's Magic Feather, uh, amongst other things. And as excited as I am to talk to him about that, he's also like Mr. Cemetery Dance, which, um, you know, we just mentioned as, a, you know, had the exclusive rights to. It was on this the day of the pig that they had, right? Yep. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to talk to him a little bit about not just his writing, but uh, maybe we get some behind the scenes cemetery dance stuff. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. And then we're going to have to have a holiday episode sooner or later. Yeah. I'm thinking the probably like around the 21st is what it's looking like. So uh, we'll have that. That'll be video. Um, There will be a gift exchange. I understand we're going to be reviewing a movie, Um, but more details to uh, to follow on that. That's literally all I got. Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> uh, as far as interludes go, we we we've done this is the th- uh, we did one in May. We did one like a month ago when we did this one. So there's like maybe five or six for the whole year. That's uh, pretty good. That is pretty good. I think we've forgotten how to do interludes properly. Yeah. Any rate, go rest your mouth. Um, I'm gonna go and. Oh, maybe I thought you were talking out. to our listeners. I was like, what are they? <laughs> I forgot <laughs> well, I had a mouth. I mean, so. I don't know what listeners do while they're listening to this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm going to go finish episode two of House of Leaves, the series. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, maybe we'll keep you updated on how that's going. Yeah. All right. That's wrapping it up for this interlude. Uh, join us next week for a nice interview with Mr. Richard Chismar. Until then, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep reading. <laughs>